Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, the dream test. You see, because every dream will be tested. So we're going to continue that by talking about dream test. Because every dream that God gives to you will be tested. All right? And we're going to take our scripture not from Genesis, but from Psalms. Psalm 105, and I'm going to read about, you know, maybe how many verses, seven verses or eight verses from Psalm 105. Uh, just as a background, and we're going to take it from there. So if you have your scripture with you, if you have the Bible with you, you have your iPad. Kiddos that are joining us in the house, how are you doing? Woo! Praise God, they are, they, are, they are doing so well, so well behaved. God bless you. Amen. Are you learning something? Are you being blessed? Amen. Are you excited to be in church? Wow, that's nice. All right, praise God. And kiddos joining us in the house, I want you to pay attention. You've been very attentive, and I really, uh, you know, at the end of this series, I will actually ask some of the kiddos to write me lessons from this, uh, from the life of Joseph that we've been teaching. So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to grade it and reward you, all right? If you're able to do that, that will be good. Uh, amen and amen. But before I go, let me also just, uh, you know, uh, con- make a few announcements. Uh, some of you are not aware, we extended our registration for retreat by 24 hours, you know, from yesterday, and it's going to end by the end of today. A number of people started reaching out to say they missed it. Uh, so after today, it will close. So if you still want to attend the retreat, you have today to register. So please do so, and God bless you. On f- Wednesday, I will continue my message series, uh, teaching series that I've been doing on the elementary teachings of Christ, all right? And I want you to be part of that, you know, and God bless you. So let's pray. Father, thank you. What a good God you are. What a faithful God you are. I pray, Lord, you will breathe your breath of life on this word today. I pray you will speak through me. I pray that you will empower me, enable me to speak life and to to speak your heart and your mind unto your people. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. So we're going to read Psalm 105. Psalm 105, verse 16 says, Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold As a slave, they hurt his feet with feathers. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house. 
and the ruler of his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. This is many, many years after the life story of Joseph occurred. The Holy Spirit here was giving us another perspective to the life of Joseph through the uh, hand of the psalmist. And I wrote, you know, it's like a bird view angle to just look at that story from a perspective. All right? And that is our life. Sometimes we go through our life every day, our hustle, bustle, challenges. We cry, we weep, we laughter, challenge, all those things. Sometimes we get lost in all that. Sometimes we get lost and we forget that there's always a bigger picture. There's always a bigger picture about your life, about what God is doing in your life. You know, so here the Holy Spirit is revealing a bigger picture. I mean, which is amazing. That actually the Lord saw that famine was coming. So Joseph's dream, Joseph's life was about the preservation of the Israelites. Isn't that amazing? That, the, you know, God had a mind to create a nation for himself, himself called Israel through a man called Abraham. All right? And God knew there was this, a famine was coming that has the potential to wipe out the entire nation of Israel. I mean, which is uh, basically Isaac and his family. And the Bible says God sent a man to Egypt. Do you see that? He sent a man before them, which is Joseph, who was sold as a slave. I mean, this is very, I mean, theologically, this is really, really, it could be confusing. It could be nerve-wracking. It could be, wow, did God sell Joseph as a slave? I mean, was it this God's plan? But, you know, it just shows that sometimes God is really complicated in his ways. But I think as long as we can focus on the bigger picture, we can really work with God. Hallelujah. So even though to Joseph, this was a tragedy. Even though to Joseph, I mean, can you just imagine the feeling of being sold to slavery by your own brothers? I mean, that sounds like uh, in the African-American story, right? Being sold into slavery by your own brother. Can you just imagine the pain? Can you just imagine how that makes you feel? Even in life as a person. I mean, the hatred, all those things. But the Lord is saying, hey, there's a bigger plan in the process. You know, yes, his brother thought they were really, really trying to destroy him. They're trying to do all this. And the Bible says, but the, the point I want to bring here is verse 19. All right, all these things happened to me until the time that his word came to pass. You see, the word that the Lord gave Joseph came to pass. You know, even though Joseph went through all these things, eventually the word came to pass. You know, we talked two weeks ago about dream, that dream has a life. You see, dream is alive. Your dream is anointed. Your dream has a spirit. Your dream carries with it, right, the power of God to cause it to come to pass. Praise the name of Jesus. So don't give up on your dream because that dream is powerful. But the Bible says here, the word of the Lord tested him. So, so Joseph must pass the test. You see, this is the dream, you know, and the Bible is substituting that dream here for the word. You see, because a dream is a word from the Lord. 
you know, whether it comes when you sleep or whether it's given to you by somebody, whether, you know, it's directly communicated to you every day, word of the Lord. You know, the dream is actually a word from the Lord. It's a way of communicating to you his plan for your life, his plan and purpose. Praise the name of Jesus. And the Bible says the word of the Lord tested him. You know, and Joseph passed the test. Obviously, that is how the dream was fulfilled. I'm going to read another scripture, Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verse 16 and 17. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, just to, you know, put those two together. Uh, This is Jesus talking now. This is the parable of the sower. So I just took it. You know, many of you know the parable of the sower. Because of time, I'm not going to read everything. But he's talking about, you know, a different kind of ground, which is really our heart. And he says something here. Others, like seed sown on rocky places. All right? You see, so he said, you know, he talked about four different kind of ground, a rocky ground. So the word is the seed, the seed sown on rocky places. Others hear the word. And once receive it with joy. So there are people who receive the word. They're excited. They are joyful. You know, there is such a, an excitement about the prophecy that God gives you. There's such an excitement even about things the Lord revealed to you about your life, about your future. He said there are people who receive it with joy. But since they have no root. You see, they have no root. They last only but a short time. You see, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, that's what happened to some of us. It, they last. You know, we're excited. Everyone is excited when they receive the word, right? Everyone is excited when God gives them a dream. God gives them an idea. God gives them a thought, you know, something from him. Everyone is excited. But you know what happened here? He said, but for some people, that excitement lasts only a short time. When trouble, you see, or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You see, every word that God gives you, we always attract trouble and persecution. You know, that's, that's one thing you have to know. Sometimes we get a word from the Lord. Sometimes we get a prophecy from the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we get ideas from the Lord. All this is just God's way of speaking to us. Maybe speaking to you about, you know, starting a business. Maybe speaking to you about, you know, writing a book, going into ministry. Maybe whatever he has put in your heart. He's saying here, for some people, when persecution comes, persecution will come because of that word. Is it just because you are facing persecution because of the word, you know, is actually an indication that the enemy is afraid of your dream. For some of you, the enemy is afraid of the potential, of the implication, of the power of your dream, and he's been fighting you. He's been fighting you for so long. He's been attacking you, attacking your mind, attacking your body, attacking your money, attacking your finances. You know, things have just, you know, it's just conspiracy against you one way or the other. But he's saying that you have to allow that word to be rooted because the word will be tested. Every dream from the Lord will be tested. Hallelujah. And I pray that you will pass the test. I want you to say, I will pass the test. For those watching, I want you to type it in there. Let's see it. Say, I will pass the test. Hallelujah. I will pass the test. So we're going to look at a few things. I mean, five different tests that, uh, that Joseph received. All right. 
We're going to look at those five tests that Joseph received, you know, and, you know, that he passed. And just mirror our life with it, all right? Because that's very, very important. It's very important to know how you're going to be tested. It's difficult not to know the test before the test, right? At least it's good to have an idea. But one thing about tests of life, we don't always know when they are coming. All right? That's why we should always be prepared. But we should have an idea, you know, what kind of test. The first test that we must pass, you know, our, you know to, 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 I mean, for our dream to come to pass is the test of faithfulness. The test of faithfulness. The test of faithfulness. And I... And that is very important. The Lord, one of the most important character God is trying to form in us is faith. You know, faithfulness is a character of our faith. All right? Because in the scripture, faith is really not just something in our mind. Faith is a character. You know, faith is, a, is character. You know, it's is, is, is something that has to do with our attitude, our character, not just something in our mind. And to be faithful is to be trustworthy. Simple. To be faithful is to be trustworthy. You see, the way God works is he gives you a word, he gives you a dream, he gives you a purpose. And he, and he shows you this is where I want you to go. And he says, I want you to prove to me that you can be trusted with this. Did you get that? I want you to prove to me. And he gives you an opportunity to, to, to prove <clears throat> <clears throat> and that is faithfulness. So God is, and, and that's a big thing. And I, so I want you to really ask yourself, can God trust you with the realization of your dream? I mean, if God put a ministry in your hand, can he trust you that you're not going to be proud? Can he trust you that you're not just going to, you know, do whatever you want to do? If God put, a, if God put money in your hand, all right? If God put millions of dollars in your hand, can he trust that you're still going to be his child? Or you're going to try to be his buddy? You know, you're going you're gonna to talk to him like, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, can you still be a humble person? If you put a position of power in your hand, can he still trust that you're still going to be someone that can go on your knees and still worship him in the morning? If he puts that business and he actualizes that business idea, if he fulfills your dream, will you still be faithful? And that's very, very important. I want us to look at the scripture here. Uh, Luke chapter 16. We're going to read verse uh, 10 to 12. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 to 12. This has always guided me, this portion of the scripture we're going to read today. I, it guides me because, I, you know, since I read this scripture, I always have used it as a personal way to test myself. And I really, really believe that it will help you also. Let's look, read Luke 16, verse 10 to 12. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. I want you to notice that. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in what is much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. You see? So God tests you with a little. If you can be faithful with a thousand dollars, then God knows that you will be faithful with a million dollars. Usually, you know, you know, you know, blessings don't form us. Blessings reveal what is inside of us. 
All right? Blessing of God is, is revealed. Um, some of us, maybe you will hear this message today. You're going to say, oh, you know what? I think I have failed so many times test of faithfulness. The good thing about God is God is a God of second chances. Amen. So you can always get second chance. That's, that's not a problem. Verse 11 says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the mammon, in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? You see, unrighteous mammon is a slang for money in those days. <laughs> All right? You know, is money. That is, if you, have, if you have been unfaithful in, that's why I believe money management is a true test of, you know, being able to be used by God. Many of us, you can't manage your money. You're always in debt. You're always, you know, you're always, you know, just, you know, impulsive buying. All these things that we do, we can manage, you know. Some of you, you can't even manage working for somebody, but you want to own your own business. You know, you can't, I mean, working for somebody, you can't even do it well. You know, but you are, and it's, it's, you know, you think, oh, one day I'm just going to have my business. I'm just going to be in the beach. Go ask people who have business. That's not how it is. <laughs> you know, you know, so that's, that's daydreaming. That's really not a real dream. You see, a dream that is not tested is daydreaming. All right? So God is saying here, if you have been unfaithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? Can you see the correlation between the management of money and true riches? There's a huge correlation. There is a real correlation. I mean, if you're really trusting God, you know, to use you, Nigeria, to fulfill his dream in your life, you have to start today to be faithful. Be faithful in how you manage your money. Be faithful in giving. Don't pray to God, God, wow, if you can bless me with a lot of money, oh, I'm going to be sponsoring the church. So God is not looking for sponsors for his church. No, God is just looking for you to be faithful. God can sponsor his own church. All right. God is just saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what you give. Don't wait until you get a million dollars. Out of the $100 you give today, be faithful. That is equal. God doesn't think the way we think. You see, God, in God's way, if you, are, if you have become faithful with what you make today, God knows you'll be faithful anywhere. Praise the name of Jesus. So, so, so look at that. Let's go. And if you have not been faithful, verse 12, in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Did you see that? If you can't be faithful in what belongs to somebody else, how God won't give you. You know, many of us, if you're not in charge, you're not committed. And I've seen that. I've seen that in church a lot. Some, some people are in a team. If they are not in charge of that team, they are not committed. They are critics. You know, in fact, they are even sabotage. You know, they just, they just do it grudgingly. They give the person a hard time. You know, many of you, you are just, the, instead of you to cooperate with the person in charge, to work with them, to give them benefit of the doubt, you give them a hard time. But when, is your, when you are in turn, it's as if that is the only business project in church. Nothing else should happen. You put it on your head and you are angry when people are not supporting you. That's not, I mean, God sees our hearts. God sees our heart. When you are serving under someone, that is when God sees faithfulness. I know that because I used to serve under someone. 
and you know, and I read this verse, and I knew he, he guided me throughout my time to say, you know, I am going to serve here as if this is I am the pastor of this church. And some of you were here, you know, some of you are here who knew that I'm going to serve. I'm going to put it. I'm going to serve. While I was there, I started a building project, raised money. I mean, did everything. Everybody would think this is this person's church. That's faithfulness. If you can be faithful in what is not yours, that is a proof. Stop waiting until you get your ministry. Stop waiting until you get your own business. Stop waiting until you become the leader. And say, you know, when I become the leader of this ministry, oh, everybody will see. Let's see now. Let God see now. And God sees your heart. God knows. So you see what? This is the scripture. If you have not been faithful in what is another person's, what is not yours that is given to you, be faithful. All right? Don't go around and say, oh, yeah, you know, the way they're running that church. If I'm in charge of that church, I actually know someone like that in my, you know, my past life. You know, we'll be ministers together. We'll minister together. You know, we'll minister. We were serving and, you know, every time we are talking, I'm like, you know, if I was in charge of this church, oh, I would be doing something differently. Oh, yeah, this will be, this will go this way, this will go this way. A few years later, he, be, he was in charge of a church. <laughs> it didn't happen that way. And he realized that this is, you know, that's, and that happens in life all the time. And that's why we should always just pray, God, help me to be faithful where I am now. The job you have now, be faithful there. Don't say, you know, when I, you know, it's, uh, how, much, how much are they paying me? It's just $15 an hour. You know, I'm not, let me wait until I get a job that is really my dream job. That dream job will be a daydream if you can be faithful with what you have now. See, you got to know that you are dealing with God as a child of God. You're not dealing with people. You know, you're not dealing with anybody, you're dealing with God. And God is the source. God is the one that blesses. So Joseph passed the test of faithfulness. One thing about Joseph, everywhere he went, he was faithful. In Potiphar's house, he was faithful. Even in prison, he was faithful. He was not being an unruly prisoner. Just going there and acting and causing trouble every day and making life miserable for everybody. No, he was faithful. Everything that was committed into his hand, he was faithful. In fact, Potiphar trusted him so much, he handed everything in his hand. Even though he was sold there. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. So I, I pray that we will learn this lesson and apply them in our lives in Jesus' name. Our test is a test of faithfulness. Hallelujah. Number two is a test of focus test of focus. If you have a dream, you must pass the test of focus. You see, the enemy will try to negotiate you away from your dream. One of the greatest enemies of our dream is distraction. Dreams don't get fulfilled without someone that is able to focus on that dream. You see, if you want to fulfill your dream, you must be focused. You must say, what can I eliminate from my life so that I can focus? If you're not able to be focused, you can't fulfill your dream. 
And young people, I'm speaking to you. You live in a generation where it is becoming very hard to be focused. Very hard. My daughter, one of my daughters is preparing for an exam next week. And I'm talking to her. I'm saying, look, you have two weeks. Just focus on it. I don't want you to get one day before the exam and you said, oh, I wish I study harder. You know? No. Just do it so well. Because focus is necessary to achieve anything in life. The enemy will try to entice you and negotiate you and give you alternative in life. Our ability to reject that will really, really determine whether we fulfill our dream or not. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to see, there's a story here that I really just came to mind while I was just studying this. It's the story of Moses and Pharaoh. Many of us might not even know it. But I think some of us might. You know, at some point, Pharaoh actually started to negotiate with Moses. When Moses was going to take the children of Israel from Egypt. In verse, in chapter 8, I'm going to read a few verses to you. In chapter 8, after a few plagues, Pharaoh said, Pharaoh summoned, I'm going to read verse 25. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God here in the land. He said, you know, okay, if the, if the goal is to sacrifice, how about do it here? Why do you have to leave and go? You know, but Moses said, that will not be right. Did you see that? That will not be right. I'm not going to, you know, we're not, we're not taking no for an answer. We're not going to sacrifice. We're not going to compromise. Look at verse 28. After that negotiation failed, look at what Pharaoh said. Pharaoh said, 8.28, I will let you go after, go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness. But you must not go very far. Did you see that? And of course, Moses said, no, that's not, that's not what God told me. That's not what God told me. God told me we're getting out of Egypt and we're getting out for good. You know, Moses came and said, let my people go. I mean, the word the Lord gave to me is to go. And there are so many people here. Their enemy has been trying to negotiate your dream. He's been trying to force you to take less than what the Lord has spoken to you. But I declare over your life, you will not negotiate with the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord will give you the courage to say no. Look at chapter 10, Exodus chapter 10. Look at verse 24. Wow. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses after a few more plagues. <laughs> wow. Go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. <laughs> Moses said, you must allow us to have sacrifices and burnt suffering and um, offering and to present it to them. Moses said, no. You know, sometimes in life, we, come, we become battle weary. After, I mean, this is after so many plagues, so many, it, it is so easy for Moses to say, you know what? I am just tired of this going back and forth. I think this is good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good. No matter what alternative the enemy presents that is different from your dream, you must refuse to say no. 
You must refuse to say yes, right? You must say no. You must refuse to accept the alternative that the enemy is offering to you. And after, look at what happened in chapter 12, verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. If you stay true enough, Pharaoh is going to give up on you. And every Pharaoh in your life that is trying to stop your dream, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, they will bow and surrender. Every Pharaoh in your life that is trying to stand against your dream, I release the spirit of courage and boldness over your life. I declare you will wear them out in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, it wasn't Moses that fought the battle. It was God. It wasn't Moses that released plague. It was God. But Moses has to refuse to compromise. That was his own job. And for some of you, that's your job. To just say, I am not, I'm not going to compromise. I am not going to take something less than what God has promised me. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So you must pass that test of focus. You focus on you. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things behind. Focus on what God has given to me. You must focus. The next test is the test of integrity. Test of integrity. Integrity. Hallelujah. To have integrity means to be consistent. To be a person of your word. That was Joseph. Was a man of integrity. Many of us, integrity is becoming our problem. We can't even be trusted with our own words. Your promise you made. You can't even be trusted. You promise to be there for that person. You promise to give something to that person. You promise to show up. We can't even, we can't even fulfill the promise we made to our wives and, 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 and husbands. Even these days, you can't even take those vows. I mean, the vow you made and people are crying and you are crying and everybody cried with you. I mean, I mean, that's a vow. That's a serious vow. I mean, some people these days, they just walk away and they act like they never made any vow. I mean, just, they just, they don't even think to say, I promise to do this. That's integrity. That's being consistent. To be a consistent person. And in whatever things, and God is, you're going to be tested. Your dream is going to be tested. You're going to be tested for integrity. We know Joseph was a man of integrity. Everywhere he went, integrity. Integrity in marriage, integrity in sexual, in, even in, he was tested when it comes to sexual sin. He refused to give up. In Genesis 39 verse 9, he said to Potiphar's wife, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Your integrity will be tested. And you must stand for your dream to be fulfilled. If you carry a dream, you must know that that your integrity will be tested. The integrity is the quality you are made of. So when we talked about integrity, when we say the integrity of a material has been compromised, 
You know, that's the quality that's been compromised. But God is a restorer. If you're listening to me and you're like, wow, I think I have failed this test several times. God is a God of second chance. He can restore. He can give you your integrity back if you can come to him in the mighty name of Jesus. The next test is the test of endurance. Can you stay through? Can you finish what you start? Can you still continue when it is no longer exciting? The most exciting thing of a dream is the beginning. Right? And I've seen many people excited at the beginning. And when 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 it's time to endure, they fail. I pray that you will not fail in Jesus' name. I've seen so many people just excited about starting their business. Excited about, you know, joining the church sometimes. Joining a ministry. They are zealous for six months. For one year. But after a while, they turn to be complainers and whiners and, you know, whatever. They can't endure. They can't endure. They can't finish projects that they've started. They can't. Your dream is not just going to come in one day. Your dream is going to take time. And that is why those who endure to the end shall be saved. Endurance means, endurance means you can still be, stay true even when it's no longer exciting. And there are times when ministry is not exciting. I mean, there are times when even me, it's not exciting, but can you still stay true? There are times when your business will not be, your life will not be exciting. Things will be difficult. Things will be hard. Things will be dry. Can you endure through? You must pass the test of endurance. And endurance means you are not acting out because you are enduring. Sometimes some people are enduring, wow, but people are enduring their endurance. (laughs) All right? (laughs) People around you are the ones really enduring because you are acting out. Everybody in your life, your children know that you are enduring. They know you are enduring. (laughs) They are praying, God, help us to endure the endurance of our daddy, of our mommy. That's not endurance. Endurance is going through and being joyous because endurance is, is faith. Endurance means you trust God. Endurance means you believe that God is in charge. God is in control. Endurance means you believe even though things might be dry, joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure tonight, but joy comes in the morning. And I speak over your life, your joy is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Your joy is coming. It might look dark. It might look gloom. I want to prophesy that your joy is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. You just have to stay there. Don't go. Don't leave. Don't leave before the game is over. Don't leave before the game is over. I mean, I've been watching even sports game when 15 minutes, people just think it's over. I mean, we'll be, you know, I mean, a few years ago, I mean, with the Super Bowl, one of the Super Bowl, people left the party. People left the party. The game is over. I mean, it's the last quarter, and it's very, at the end of the last quarter, what else can happen? People leave, and things turn around. 
Our God is a God of turnaround. But people who enjoy and experience the turnaround are people who stay true, who endure. You must endure. Praise the name of Jesus. The last test. Actually, let's, let's read the scripture. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Right? Verse 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its work. Patience is endurance. But he said you should do it with joy. Can you be joyous even while you are waiting for the Lord? Can you be joyous? I mean, I know some people in my life that I know, even in this church, and I know they are waiting on the Lord, but they don't allow you to be miserable when you are around them because they are doing it with joy. They're doing it with joy because they know they are waiting on the Lord. When you are waiting on the Lord, you do it with joy because the one you are waiting on is in charge, can do all things. You are not waiting on people. You're waiting on the Lord. And if you're waiting on the Lord, do it with joy. The last test we must pass is the test of love. And Joseph passed that test. Can you forgive when it hurts? That's love. Can you help other people fulfill their own dream? That's love. Even when you're going through. Can you help other people fulfill their dream? That's a test of love. In fact, uh, Zig Ziglar, you know, the late Zig Ziglar popularized this statement that you can have anything you want if you can help as many people to have what they want. That's the secret of life. That's the secret of life. If you can make it your commitment to help other people fulfill their own dream, it will fulfill your own dream. But that's a true test of love. Because sometimes we are so caught up in fulfilling our own dream, you know, that we can be there for others who have dreams in our lives. Others in our life who have dreams. Did you get what I'm talking about? You see, from time to time, God will place you in people's life for the purpose of helping them to fulfill their own dream. And he's going to say, can I, do you truly love I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to close. John chapter 21. This is God, Jesus, talking to um, Peter at the end of his uh, at the end of his life. To what, at the end of his life, pretty much. And Jesus came to Peter and he said, "When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this?'" Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. That means help my lamb fulfill their own dream, right? Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. 
That's powerful. You see, Joseph did not fulfill his own dream until he helped somebody fulfill their dream while he was in prison. Did you, did you get that? He helped that guy, even though the guy forgot him. You know, we, we talked about that. But God did not forget him. You know, some, the guy forgot him, but God did not. You see, as you make it your own agenda, your own goal to help other people, if God has given you a dream, find other people to help fulfill their own dream. And what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to bow down our heads and pray. Thank you, Lord. If you are with me and you are just, you want to say, oh, wow, this has been powerful. This has been touching. I have been blessed today. And I know I have a dream, but I'm not even sure I have a relationship with the person that gave me the dream. And that is God. And you know, a relationship with Jesus is not a religion. A relationship with a Jesus, with Jesus, is a gift. It's a gift you receive from the Lord. And if you have not received that gift, and you are here with me, and you want to say, Jesus, come into my life. I'd like to pray with you. I'd like you to raise up your right hand if you're here. And I'd like to pray with you. Just raise up your right hand. And if you're watching from home, I'd like you to just put your hands on your chest as I just pray. I just lead you in prayer. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you because you have a dream for me. And today I come and I confess with my mouth that you died for me. You were buried and you rose from the dead the third day because of me. And I pray that you come into my life today. Forgive me and make me your child. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. For every one of us, I want us to lift up our hands and say, Lord, give me grace to pass the test. Lord, give me grace to pass the test. Give me grace to pass it. Whatever test. Test of endurance. Test of love. Test of integrity. Test of faithfulness. Test of focus. Help me to pass every test. Give me grace. By myself, I cannot do it. Give me grace to pass every test that comes my way. Because I want to fulfill my dream. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. If you made a decision to the Lord today, I want you to please, you know, click that link if you're watching. Or just go to that page, Agape House NJ dot org slash connect even if you're here you can just go to that page and you fill out that form uh you know so we can know uh, and pray with you in jesus name may god bless you in the name of jesus amen and amen hallelujah god is